Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, guys. Welcome to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Hot Rod! What's happening, dude? Oh, man. I tell you what. You tell what's happening? What's happening? Man, I'm excited. Why are you excited? I'm, well, first, I'm excited for numerous reasons. N- well, okay. Where numerous are these, reasons. Where are these numerous reasons? Reason number one. Number one. We got Mr. Richard Hoskins in the studio again this week. Hot Rods and Happy Hour financial advisor slash automotive guru. Guru. What's happening upstate? That's what I'm screaming. Yeah. He's catching on. There you go. He's catching on. And number two. Number two. Car show season's coming, baby. Well, actually, it's coming quick for us. Uh, That's Wednesday, actually. This coming up Wednesday. That's right, guys. That's right. Ponies in the Smokies. Yeah. So we're uh, going to leave the studio in uh, what? Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, take off. Okay, I mean that's gonna be fun, man. And pigeon forge. I, I don't know when we're leaving. Wednesday. Wednesday. We're leaving Wednesday. <laughs> it's, it's a calendar. I'm just hopping in the truck when they say go. So, but I mean, this is the thing that's fun about this show. It's an all Mustang event, but it's in it's in the beautiful Smoky Mountains, and like. You know they do. You know they do the shine run, which is basically their version of a poker run. Right. And then they have you know after parties and cruisings, and then they actually meet up on Friday and Saturday and have a huge show at the convention center with vendors. They have a Mustang for every year displayed, and they have the Saline Club of America there with an added bonus. They've got Steve Saline there. Yes, Steve Saline himself. That's what I mean, I'm how screaming. How awesome is that? I mean, it's Steve Saline. It I mean, is Steve that's, Saline. That's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm going to interview Steve Saline. I, and I, and I'm, 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 I'm going to need his autograph. This is this is what I'm going to ask him. If it wasn't for the Ford Mustang, what do you think you'd be doing today? <laughs> that's my question for Steve Saline. That's a good question. That's a fair question. That's what I'm saying. Would He'd probably have, be a janitor. But you know what I'm would saying. Would we have a Saline Challenger? Ooh. Ooh. No, because <laughs> those actually Camaro? those weren't very good anyway. Um, <laughs> the quality control has really, really, really gone downhill. It's not like the late '80s, early '90s when saline Mustangs were like the baddest thing going. Well, I mean, well, the, now you got Steeda and you got other things running with it, and Steve's done stepped off into other things right. now too. He actually made his own car, the S7. Yeah, that was cool. But, I remember the S7. Yeah, I mean, which, but I'll be honest with you, I think Factory Five stole a little of his thunder with that when they came out with their. Ver- I mean, it looks. Virtually the spitting image of it, in my opinion. Yeah, just for a tenth of the price. Exactly. But it's not a Celine. That's true. That is. There is Panage in that name. It it is cool. I mean, this dude's got street cred. I mean, he raced with Tim Allen, Jay Leno. I mean, he's a pretty cool cat. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know the last time I hung with Jay, you know, we didn't race or anything. We just shot the bull. (laughs) He did make make one of the, uh, I would say, top five desirable Mustang styles. Oh, by f- oh, easy. That's yeah. a no-brainer. Yeah. So there's I mean, nothing prettier. There, there's a nice notch in the belt there. There's nothing prettier than that that eighty-seven, ninety-three sailing oh, Mustang. Yeah. Those are just gorgeous cars. I agree. He turned Mustangs into actual sports cars. Yeah, and, and so he just did. A pony car. And I mean, there. I'll be honest with you. There's no such thing as an ugly Celine. I've never seen one. Yeah, I mean, they're they're all pretty, and I love like the and even you know with the uh, with the four eye Mustangs. Yeah, four eye. I mean, it all started in eighty-three. Um, you know, the heart of the four-odd, and, uh, yeah, they were all Those cool. black and gray and got, like, the BBS mesh wheels right. on. Yeah, I mean, 
Recaros and the Momo steering wheel. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's just all you need is like a white blazer. That's right. And I mean, right. like, like, like maybe like an aqua or maybe a pastel colored T-shirt under it. Fat gold herringbone chain. Oh, that's a must. Uh, Somehow, I, you I'm should just, have that anyway. I'm just picturing that you guys have lived this. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> He said, my white blazer's in the cleaners. The early 90s were a rough time. No, no, no. This wasn't the 90s. This is the 80s. Yeah, this, this is, is Miami Vice. This is Don Johnson, basically, what we're describing. Got that 5 o'clock shadow going, like, every day. This was the Mustang that you bought when you also had a Ferrari. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This was the Mustang for Ferrari owners <laughs> this, to drive. This was your daily. <laughs> but, I mean, these were just cool cars. Yeah. And now they're becoming extremely collectible. They all had the number on the bumper. Right. And it tickles me now that everybody mimics that. Yeah. Like, now you got, like, like and, and all before your, all I— your registries do it. Before, well, even that. But before I even step, I want to apologize— to the Mopar Club, I'm sorry, but I don't need to know they made 10,417 Purple Challengers. <laughs> that doesn't look impressive on your front bumper. Well, actually, as well as 17 actually, other different special editions. Actually, that in purple, they only made 9,872. Thank you, Rob. Even with four digits in it, it doesn't sound that good. You know, no. like they only made it in the hundreds of salines, you know, or, or something like that. Well, and they were more than a sticker package and a special color also. I mean, well, they had what? They had the uh, Racecraft suspension. Yeah, and, and I mean... Coney Yellows you know, from the factory. You know what? It's kind of funny you talk about that, though, because I had a guy come by the shop the other day in a CTSV. Um, I want to say it was a 2009, but anyhow, there was some odd color on it. It's some kind of diamond blue or whatever the color was. It was a real odd color. I've actually never seen one. And uh, we got to talking about it. He said it was one of only 75 in this color. I said, wow, that's real rare. He said, oh, no. He said, there's like 12 green ones floating around. That's like, oh, now you're talking some rare numbers here. Yeah, yeah. That's getting pretty odd there. That, they only made 75. Yeah, well, 75 I thought was rare. He said, no, there's ones with way less numbers on them. See, that's crazy. I like That's almost like a special order color or something. It has to be something like that. Yeah. If you get into, like, the 93 Daytona IROC RTs, uh, someone will correct me. I'm sure if I'm wrong. I think they made eight green ones and six blue ones. That's insane. See, that, that's that is what makes your truck a one-on-one. Is when well, you the, start the combination. Down, yeah, exactly. When you start narrowing down your numbers there. Well, and that's and that's what brings it together. But it's weird though because you think now production is so much higher on these cars. Oh yeah. And they only have well, one that there's seven of them. Well, it's like we talked about several weeks ago. Uh, you know, and if you missed it, I encourage you to jump on our podcast on iTunes or jump on 1063wrd.com and look at the podcast. But uh, it's like we talked about then. You know. They don't really make cars where you check the boxes anymore, so it's really getting harder and harder to get those one-ups. Yeah, I mean, you could special order them, but you special order a package. Yes. I mean, so, like, you get everything in this group. Yeah, you get get 248A. Exactly. It's not like, you know, well, do you want bench seats or bucket seats, or do you want whatever? It just comes with it. It's like my dad used to tell me about back in the day. He said, you could almost order a truck with a crate as a seat in it. Yeah, I mean, well, you could order any way you want. I mean, no but, AC, well, no radio. You nothing. could order cars in white, actually. Yeah. Mobar, yeah, Ford, Chevrolet, everybody ordered. I mean, basically, it was just a hull. Uh-huh. It was a roller. Um, new. Yeah. You know, it had a title, and that was it. The, uh, I mean, there's a lot. Well, Chevrolet's still doing it, actually, now. Yeah. And, and Dodge is, too, the I believe. The Copo and the yeah. drag packs. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Ford does it, too. Well, Ford, yeah. yeah, with the Cobra Jet, or the, yeah. whatever they call it. Whatever it is this year. Yeah, well, you know. 
think it's Cobra Jet. It might be. Something like that. Which is weird because the Cobra Jet is actually the motor that's in it. Yeah. But they call it a car with no motor. I love how Ford just go ahead and sells you the car not running because they know. Well, (laughs) you know. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. Anything Odd Rod says on Hot Rods and Happy Hour is not responsible. It's his commentary. <laughs> no, but the, the thing is funny with with the Mustang thing. When are they going to bring back just the boss? I think to me that's the sexiest happen. name on yeah, a Mustang. the boss three hundred two in two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. Yeah, um, but I mean, like they didn't in, make a lot of them. Yeah, that was a special edition car. We'll say, yes. we'll say, well, wasn't when you got Laguna Seca, though, that's what made that car uh, yeah. reared out because it was like going two hundred nineteen of those. Yeah, but the, but what was so special about it? I mean, other than some trim, uh, uh, I think are those a race guys, car. Yeah, they got this is, the Laguna. Okay, got so the it's a little more package. than yeah. It uh, got had, like an eight thousand RPM redline. Uh, had yeah, know, it, track, actually, okay. it actually got some suspension. good stuff. I stand corrected. It had yeah. a different block. Yeah, Man. as a matter of fact, yeah, uh, it was. It was actually there weren't very many of them, so not a lot of people know about them. But uh, they were actually pretty speaking special. speaking of a different block. I got an old school Mustang one for you, right quick. How many times back when we were in high school, somebody had a had a small block Ford, but it was a three hundred two Mexican block. I remember Mexican blocks. I remember them. Everybody um, talks about, well, this is a Mexican block. I remember Mexican So that Mexican means you blocks. can put 1,300 stages of nitrous on it because it's a Mexican block. And I, that's how I, I remember hearing the term. I never knew what it meant. The uh, It always tickles me, though, the, the names. This is the Mexican block 302. I mean, what's the difference? No, I, I don't we, know. we know if you got LS car, it's a Mexican block. They're all made in Mexico. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's where all the good stuff is. I like tacos. That's the Mexican block LS motor. That's here. it. That's the upsell. All right, guys. I tell you what. Stay tuned because you know we're talking about a lot of car myths this week on Hot Rods. Yes, and Happy we are. Hour. We have a lot of myths coming up. So That's get right. Your, uh, get your uh, was it the uh, thinking cap? You know the old uh, aluminum foil. The <laughs> aluminum foil. <laughs> You're oh, gonna need it. Oh Lord, guys. Stay tuned. Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hours. Rob Pitts. Hot Rod! What's happening, dude? Oh, man, just sitting here. We're talking car mess. And, of course, we've got Richard Hoskins in the studio. Hot Rods and Happy Hour resident financial expert slash all things car guru. What's happening upstate? All right, so we're talking car mess. Car mess. What's the dumbest car myth you've ever heard? Personally? Personally. Like, what's your... Man, Favorite one. You kind of took me, put me on the spot. With that I put one. you on the spot. I think you did actually. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. You think for a second. I'm, I'm gonna try to. Richard, I'm gonna ask you the same thing. So you think for a second. Okay. okay. All right. So we got two thinkers going. We got two thinkers. And what's yours? Probably the dumbest thing I ever heard is somebody told a buddy of mine back in the day. He had a Ford F100, like a '62 unibody truck with a 460 in it, and it was just a stock 460. But somebody told him that putting rubbing alcohol in your gas was virtually like making <laughs> racing gas. So he put like five bottles of rubbing alcohol in this old Ford truck. And that thing spit and popped and run like crap. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, racing gas does have a little alcohol in it. Maybe not that much. And not like rubbing alcohol. Right. You can't drink it either. No. That's bad for business. Yeah, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to drink a lot of things in cars like antifreeze. It tastes good. I mean, it does. You know, I gave my I gave my dog antifreeze one time. Ooh! I put it right in a hubcap, and he drank it, and he ran around that little bowl. And then you got a new dog. No, <laughs> he, he ran around the hubcap for about five ten minutes and just fell over. And I went and check on him, and it turns out he just overheated. Yeah, I guess so. I guess he so. overheated after drinking antifreeze. Yeah, yeah I think he might have. He, he might have had had enough. enough. Yeah. yeah. 
It happens. No, no, no. Antifreeze is actually horrible for your pets. Yeah, don't. don't and do people that. in general. Don't do that. Be sure to recycle your antifreeze. I really didn't feed my dog antifreeze. I hope you did. I didn't. I'm about to say you're that guy. No, I didn't do that. I'm about to say Sarah McLaughlin sings and does those commercials <laughs> because of you. But if you ever try it, it is real sweet. It is really it does have a sweet taste. You know, make your tongue, you make your tongue go numb. Yeah, I don't know that. I, I believe you. Nobody's pulled a radiator hose off and got antifreeze splashed on them. I've had it splash in my face. I've had a splash. I've had it. I've had it. You know, land in my mouth like that before. It, it, it will make your tongue go numb. It, it's almost Kool Aid ish. Yeah, it, it. Well, it's even got that pretty green color. Yeah. You think it would be lemon lime? It's not. No, it's not lemon lime. It's. It really has a foul aftertaste. But right up front, it's kind of Kool Aid like. Kind of like cheap liquor. Yeah, it's worth a shot. But <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if you mix it with vodka, it wouldn't be terrible. I mean, you know. But. Yeah, that, that that's just a myth. I wouldn't try that. No, no, no. Don't try that. So what's the dumbest thing like you've seen somebody buy into? I got a good one. I got a good one. The eBay chips. Oh, Lord. Gives you 35% more horsepower. You'll get 140 miles to the gallon for $59.99. This is the the whole chip thing in general. Now, keep in mind, tunes and chips are two totally different things before we get 40 million emails. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's very few things you're going to plug in, like a chip. Now, now there's some programmers you can plug in that do things. These chips were such a big joke. I never forget, like especially in the '90s, you know. And we're talking about OBD one systems, yes. super primitive. Yeah. Like, you know, like or like the Mustangs, like the five liter. I remember my '94 Mustang. They made a Hypertech chip for it. Well, Hypertech did the uh, programmer kits. Well, but no, but before this, no, they had just a chip. That, yeah, yeah I mean, a '94 Mustang's OBD one, yeah. and it would have a different map on it. So it might have get my Trans Am. I had a whatever the other one was, and it uh, and I couldn't really tell a difference. But I'm I'm talking about the ones they still make them on eBay. And did you, you put this? Did you put the sticker on there? Um, it was under the hood. <laughs> if you would have put it where you could see, I would have felt it. You would have felt it. I know, I know. I, I was ignorant, um, young and dumb. No, I'm talking about the ones that you plug into, you know, the wiring harness where the airbox is. And all it does is it changes the map for your drive-by-wire so that you touch the gas halfway. And it's like touching it all the way. And it's just stupid. And it's not good for your car. And I can't believe people still fall for it. The only way to get power out of your car is to take it to someone who can actually go into the system and tune it and get the power out of it. Well, no, no, no magical eBay chip is going. No, to No, no, no. That's not going to do it now. No, no, and you got like your super tuners for the diesels and no, things they like were, that. Yeah, and those I, work. I've had a Hypertech programmer on my '95 Caprice, and right. they work great. Yeah, the, now, the, those cars will code out three different cars, and you can go in there and they got three presettings, or you can go in and manually change some things. Uh, those work great. You know, and I tell you, the funny thing is, like when they give you your Hypertech chip, it came with a 160 degree thermostat. Yeah. So not only did they just take money from you, they made your heat not work good either no more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The best thing to do is just throw that away. Yeah. Well, but I mean, and then the reason on the thermostat is because obviously the cooler the engine, the more fuel is thrown to it. Right. So that's the only reason they did that. Right. I could I could save you some money on that thermostat. You just cut the center out of it and turbostat it, as we call it. And <laughs> turbostat. We'll give you a hillbilly no heat thermostat. <laughs> oh, turbostat. Save you eight bucks. That's right. But no, I mean there there are a ton of myths out there, and you got me thinking about it too. 
Um, do you remember those little hurricane air intakes oh, they came out with? That I almost said Cycled that. the air. Uh, I never knew anyone bought one. Have you person. ever seen one like in person? Uh, no, I actually haven't. It I looks like an adapter for a salad shooter. I can see that. I can see. It's that. what it looks like. It looks like something like you would chop onions with. Yeah, I mean, and, and this thing's what supposed to thirty-five horsepower, or something like that. Oh yeah, it's a supercharger. Uh, is what uh, you it know, is. Yes. It's an electric supercharger. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. You combine that with a chip, forget about it. <laughs> you the street sweeper. Fifty-seven dollars later on Amazon. I tell you what, you got a car that's set ready for the streets. I tell you what, if you believe that, I got some bridges. I'd love to sell you right here in the Upstate. <laughs> Come to Rob Pitts's bridge sales. Bridge Emporium. Bridge Emporium. <laughs> But no, I mean, but you know what? That falls right along the lines with cold air intakes. You know, and this is something, cold air intakes look good, mm-hmm. and to an extent they do, but you got to keep in mind, these engineers, they're really smart. Yes. Yeah, so you know what? they got things figured out, actually. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. Mm-hmm. Your car gets the right amount of air from the factory that it needs. Well, let me, now, if it's tuned, that cold air could be, let me you know, It's a supporting mod. Yes. And here's the thing about a cold air intake. There's nothing wrong with putting a cold air intake on your car. If you know, for looks, for actual performance. And they, and they do sound, look great. For sound, yeah. yeah they do make a, a unique sound if you like that. They, you know, they offer a unique sound to them. Um, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a nice breeze. A breeze. But uh, no, in all seriousness, if you just take a cold air intake out of the box, put it on your car, you're going to see absolutely zero results from it. I mean, very little. We're yeah, talking you might see one a, to two horsepower Yeah, difference. a spike of a horsepower, too. My black Challenger, the fastest eighth mile time I ever ran, was before I put a cat-back exhaust and cold air intake on it. That's you bad. Never, could never touch that time again. Came close, but... Well, here's the, th- uh, here's the thing. Um, you know, a, a engine is a vacuum pump. The quicker you can get air in and out, the better it performs. Obviously. But you've got your pump has to be able to pump at that rate to support the intake and the outtake. But, and in the same token, though, it doesn't work always like that. Because sometimes you got to have a little back pressure in there. Exactly. So you, you could have it free-flowing a little too much. Exactly. So it, it's a nice balance. And like Rob said, the engineers at Ford, at wherever, they knew what they were doing when they put this together. It's made to run perfectly in its factory condition. Exactly. However, if you do want to turn it up a little bit, you know, there are if options. If your car's tuned for it, it's great. Oh, yeah. I tell you what, we're not tuned for is these commercials. They keep coming up every time. <laughs> yes, they do. So uh, stay tuned during the break, and uh, we'll be back right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 106.3 WORD. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Hot Rod. What's happening, dude? Richard. What's happening? I'm telling hmm. I mean, it's just like I just want to holler out everybody's name. Like I'm checking roll call every time. Well, don't. <laughs> yeah, don't. Um, so we're talking about car myths. Car myths? Myths. Myth. Myths. And I have a good one. What's that? Front wheel drive is bad. This is kind of an older myth. This is a dual, this is a double-edged sword. Yeah, it is. It really is. Could you imagine autocross in a front wheel drive car? I've done it. Yeah, I'll try it. My neon. That's life in the fast lane. That's dangerous. Torque steer. You gotta let off the gas a lot. <laughs> It's, it, you know, it, it presents challenges. Autocrossing a neon. Neons are great autocrossers. Well, they actually had a racing series, yeah. a factory racing ACR, series. For this yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They're 
quote unquote factory race cars. Yeah. So there is a long standing uh, myth, if you will, toward front wheel drive cars, though, that they're just bad. They're pieces of crap. And you know what? As a old school enthusiast, I can agree with that. As a newer enthusiast, I could see a big stance against that. But I say the import <clears throat> craze well, really brought this to light. Um, but, I, you know, in a consumer standpoint, I would say there's nothing wrong with them. No, front-wheel drive is actually a great thing. you got to think about the advantages of a front-wheel drive. You have less parts, less moving parts. Another thing is now you have a car that don't need a transmission tunnel or a driveline tunnel for a drive shaft. That's so now what, you have a flat floorboard and more room. That's why, uh, you know, as much trash as we will uh, continue to talk about a Prius, um, they're actually very roomy and very uh, efficient cars, actually. Are you running a fever? Eh, no, I was just having a moment of honesty. I'll try not to do that anymore. Don't do that. Yeah, that's bad. <clears throat> I think I almost said a Prius was a good car. You know what? Not in this house. Yeah, you don't I, say that. I think I almost said that. I would feel better if you came in and said you worship Satan than saying that. Well, yeah. We can take you down church and get that preached out of you. That yeah. Prius stuff, that's for life. <laughs> Anyhow, they are roomy. So are school buses. Well, yeah. You're probably into those too, though. But <laughs> I'd rather have a school bus. A nice, than a, Prius. a nice chopped down, lowered school bus would I mean, be kind of neat. Uh, yeah. The S cool bus. <laughs> a school bus. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean the front wheel drive thing is not a bad thing. And now, especially the younger enthusiasts are coming into it, and they're actually building these cars and uh, making them into something. It's actually pretty cool. Well, yeah, the aftermarket's actually stepped up too. They they have a lot tougher parts than. Factory oh, yeah. stuff now for the front wheel drive guys. Oh yeah, so so to say that it's bad is just really not fair. I think that's an old myth. I think when when front wheel drives really started becoming mainstream, if you will, I think it scared a lot of older people. You know what I mean? It's like that rock music. It's like that rock music. Well, and part of the reason <clears throat> that front wheel drive cars aren't viewed as performance cars is because the first ones were cars like my car that are turbos that literally will shoot you into the oncoming lane if you punch it. Yeah, that's bad. They've come a long way. Good. It was like a bottle rocket. You didn't know which way it was going to go, but it probably wasn't straight. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate, actually. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about another car myth. And I think I'm going to stomp on some toes in this room with it, including my own. But the, the myth going around that old cars are better. This... <clears throat> Crash test? No. <laughs> Safety? No. Reliability? Perf- yeah, that's a double-edged sword. I, I don't, and you say what you want no, to. No, it depends on whose old car you're grabbing, too. And you got a point there. But this is my thing with old cars. Fuel <clears throat> efficiency? No. Safety? No. Crash test? Hell no. But style? You can't duplicate that look. You can't. But that doesn't make the car better. No, it doesn't make it better. Better is subjective. But it makes it cooler. It does make it cooler. But but let's get down to the brass tacks here. Is the old car better? Well, this is the thing. You got to think about, like, we'll take the boo thing, my Chevelle. Yeah, but that's not that's not the everyday old car. You could drive it every day. No, it wouldn't be in the condition that it's in. So. No, but, I mean, you think about it. If you got a 35-mile-an-hour wreck in that car, you would die like a man. (laughs) I mean, you got to think you got a metal dash, a solid steering shaft. It would harpoon you. Unless you're lucky enough to break it. Yeah, then then the center would just go through you. So you would still get run through, basically. No, I got lucky enough to break mine. And a metal dash, and I mean to break your fall, 
No safety glass unless your windshield's been replaced. No seatbelt. Yeah. I've wrecked one of these I'll cars. I'll be honest with you. In a wreck like that, you don't want to live through it. Why would you put a seatbelt in it, you know? I, I've I've lived through one of these wrecks, and, and I walked away unscathed. The well, car, you were lucky. Oh, not so blessed. much. The car, not so much. But, yeah, I, I've been firsthand the damage of one of these cars. No. And the S10 truck that I rear-ended walked away unscathed. Well, you did hit a full-frame truck. <laughs> yeah, but still. I mean, which that was a full-frame Impala, but still. So, I, yeah, I'm just saying, I, I don't. I would make the stand, especially from a consumer standpoint, uh, old cars are not better. I'm with you there, but on, and it depends. You know, I, like, uh, and, and I'll give you my uh, stance on this, more hardcore. When I was coming up, my parents always said, get an older car, you're safer in it, you know. No, you're not. Nah. Well. That's a myth. Yeah, that's a a myth. If I was going to put, like, if, say, I had a child and I was putting them in their first car, I would kind of probably be after, like, a Honda Accord. I would not put my child in a Honda Accord. Yeah, you know, I want my child to wreck the Honda Accord first before I put them in the old muscle car that they could die for. I would probably put them in, I'll tell you if I was going to put them in something, I would put them, like, in an 84 Cutlass. That'd be pretty cool. I, yeah, that'd be a cool first car. I, mean, I, th- I think you got enough safety, and it's launch. and it's just enough. Yeah. but it's got a little street cred too. Yeah, I'm am with you there. I agree. I mean, a little G body action. But uh, you know, um, let's go back to it though. Three oh seven. You ain't gonna get hurt in it. Now that you make it sound good, yeah, exactly. Couple, throw a set of duels on it. It does sound decent. I'm not twice pipes it. and a couple you know, magna flows, and you're good to go. That's what I'm screaming. Flowmasters forty series. You know, <laughs> nothing sounds better. Just saying. Mm. But but definitely new cars are way safer. They're leaps and bounds safer. But more reliable, this is the next thing. I could pull one fuse out of your Cadillac, Richard, and it's dead in the water. It's true. I can change the There's head. There's not eight on the... fuses in that whole Malibu. <laughs> I can change the head on the Malibu on the side of I-85 and get back rolling. In about 30 minutes. Yeah. If you're booking. Yeah, you're not going to do that on a new car. No. And it can be a different head off a small block and still work. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, there's a few exceptions to this, but yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that the, the simplicity of them is what makes it. So is this That's where the beauty's at. So is this a myth that old cars are better or not? Think about performance also. Yeah. I mean, new cars are... Way better way performers. Way faster. Um, you know, I mean, everybody... There was a time when we were looking at cars from the mid-late 60s, early 70s, thinking wow do you remember when cars are fast but unfortunately those times were the early 80s yeah we've got 840 horsepower daily drivers now from the factory you know i'm glad you said that because i see a lot of people that actually complain about the uh you know the four-cylinder turbo mustang and the camaro that car produces more horsepower than the 68 camaro or the 68 mustang four-cylinder mustangs tune away from taking a stock 5.0 yeah exactly and getting 28 miles to the gallon while doing right, it. Right. I curse the warranty on my Cadillac. I want to tune that thing so bad. <laughs> uh, it is amazing how, how far technology and performance has come. It is. It, and, and that's the thing. I mean, you have these smaller displacement engines that are making massive horsepower. Right. So I think it is safe to say, unfortunately, and I do hate to say it, but older cars are not better. I think it, I think it's either which way you look at it. It is a matter of perspective. It, it is. It really is. But 
from a consumer and from a you know what we're what we would be talking about in this instance, I, I would think it it's better to say new cars are better. I'd say from the cooler side, the old cars are better. Uh, I agree with you. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like the Fonz. Two right. thumbs up. Th- this is all right. So this one, we're going to do this real quick. This is a very interesting uh, myth here. Police cars are fast. Well, it depends on which police car. Well, if if you run into Mecklenburg and get one of their new Caprices, yeah, it's going to catch up on you. Crown Vic P seventy one. No. Uh, well, you got to think about. They're four. not slow. But. Well, for the size car, you got a a four point six P seventy one. Crown Vic, they are probably what, what's the P seventy one horsepower wise? What two? The last ones, I think they were up to two fifty, and uh, they also two thousand eleven. Uh, two thousand eleven, yes, yeah. and I think they also had three seventy three gears. So I mean, exactly, so they weren't the, slow. No, and then they were faster than regular Crown Victorias. And then we got like our, our buddy Mark Ray, who was no. putting Vortex superchargers on these cars. For, that that's for, not fair. I'm talking about a run of a mill police car, which now is your Tauruses. Well, another thing too is you got a lot of V six chargers running around. Yeah, for yeah. police cars. Yeah, there's some V eight ones. You you run into some V eight ones, but you're right. A lot of V six cars. So. Are police cars really fast, or is it the Motorola that's catching you? Eh, I say technology more than anything. i tell you what else gets us. It's these commercials. Every, every time, time. Every time. Guys, stay tuned. We're talking car miss right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. I'm 106.3 WORD. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitt's Odd Rod. And what's happening, dude? Richard! What's happening? Man, I tell you what, these cars are tripping me out. You already told me old cars are bad. Old cars are bad. Police cars are slow. I mean, what's up with that, yo? Well, you want to hear what's next? What's that? Lowered cars aren't that good. Bite your tongue. (laughs) Hush your mouth. Actually, the myth is that lowered cars are better, but we have to make This is another double-edged sword. It is. Um, Too low on a fixed suspension is bad. Very bad. Static dropping uh, to where you earn the nickname the Reflector Collector is not a good thing to do. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Although you look cool. You, well, depending on how you lowered your car. Stance life, yo. <laughs> if, if you're riding on the inside wall of your wheels, you do not look cool. You know, it's what the kids are into. I mean, they're into Tide Pods, too, I want, but you know what? We I don't want, promote it. I want to see the alignment shop that does these. What alignment shop? They, they should be put out of business. <laughs> it's, it's not safe, and it looks stupid, and it makes actually, the car horrible. Actually, it is safe until you get blowout. Okay, which, that's not safe. Which, I mean, you can get blowout with any tire. You're just promoting it to happen quicker with this. Well, that or, or they now take the good the, thing is you won't be going fast enough to really cause any damage because you can't drive the car fast enough. Or, or my thing is, how about the tires they got now that are like you know like a, a nine inch wheel with like a, a six inch yeah like a one ninety five stretched across it. Yeah, it's it's kind of scary too. It's a little sketch. But the good thing is, you know, if it if it does go flat, you just fall and ride on your rim, and it's already aimed in a direction, so you're you're kind of snow plowing your car at that point. I mean, it's just crazy. And, and normally they're sitting so low that if you do get a flat, it probably literally will snowplow into the front. So it ain't going nowhere. I mean, did you ever thought there would be a generation that rode around with trucks dragging their butts like dogs in the yard and then stanced out import cars with wheels laying in on them? Yeah. You know I mean, like, no. I was a mini trucker, so we did wild stuff. You know what I did? I took a hacksaw to my steering wheel. That's I took a pair of pliers and bit my antenna like it had, like you know, like the heartbeat yeah. like thing, 
Like I did that. You know? That that doesn't make your truck useless though. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> it does if you try to do a U-turn. Well, now here's here's a defense <laughs> here's a defense I'm going to take on this. Now, if that's what you're into and you're wanting to build a stance out car or a lowered truck or, you know, something on air ride, it's not worthless anymore. And that's what you're into. And while as a daily, you know, commuter vehicle, it might not be the most logical thing to do. It's I'd say the myth is kind of wrong. Well, it's not wrong. It's not you're making the car better. It's how you did it. It's how you did it. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you just hack the springs on it and it's just sitting there with no suspension. Yeah, that's bad. I've owned that car before. We all have. I learned uh, with one of my challengers, uh, it was on a static drop, and uh, I learned the joys of finding out that you lowered your car too much for the factory jack. I learned that when I had a flat tire. This, this, the That's be- important things to know. The yep. best lowering story ever. And thank goodness that, that I've gotten better with my lowering techniques. Oh, you actually do it properly, like, you know, call companies that make kits like that. No. I'm just kidding. No. Yes, no. yes, yes, no. yes. I do. No, we're we, just uh, having a settling torch I, we, now. I, I, I would ne- I never forget. We actually lowered a good friend of mine's pickup. We had a like a '98 full size short bed C10. He said, "Well, I can call Belltech and give me some drop spindles." I'm like, "Dude, we'll cut the springs on this thing. We ain't got to do that." Uh, and the thing was funny. He's like, "How low you want it?" And he said, "Man, I want it pretty low." So you know, instead of cutting a core or two and going from there, I cut three out right off the bat. That's getting a lower. If it wasn't for bump stops, you could take the spring with the truck all the way on the ground and move it up and down in the A-arms. <laughs> the spring was just like a, like a, the shock is the only thing that was holding it in, in the front. <laughs> if it wasn't for the rubber bump stops, there would be no suspension. That's that's what you want, though. It's low. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's how you win those awards. Amen. Hey. That's how you win them. I'm telling you. It's low, ain't it? <laughs> well, I told you guys during the break, I literally, in my wagon before putting an air ride on it, got stuck in a Hardy's parking lot, a flat Hardy's parking lot in that high center there. Did you get a biscuit? I did get a biscuit. I was kind of hungry. That's why well, I pulled in for it. was worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, while, you're, while you're sitting there high centered in a flat parking lot. You got lot, something to eat. You, know, you well. might as well get you a sandwich. A sandwich. I mean, <laughs> a delicious breakfast sandwich. A delicious breakfast sandwich. You might as well. I mean, you know what I mean. I love lower cars, though. Like, I still take like entrances into parking lots at an angle in a four wheel drive truck because I'm so used to driving lower cars. Oh, I'm with you there. It, it gets it, it. It's just in your system. It, yeah, it is. You know something. And by the way, I'm a, I'm gonna end this math. Lowering your truck does not make it useless. No, it don't. I mean, they've come so far with suspension kits now and stuff, you can actually now, use your me, trucks and lower them. To me, if you put half a lift kit on the front of your truck, that makes it kind of useless. Well, just think about it. If you put anything in your bed, it's just going to fall back out. It's just going to fall right out. you got to be quick with that tailgate. I know. <laughs> Imagine you had to carry some bowling balls or something. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be a mess trying to get them things loaded. My, my favorite, favorite quote, somebody had one of those trucks for sale on uh, like Facebook Marketplace or something. It was hilarious. He said, I bet that thing gets crazy crappy gas mileage and a lot of the kid that had it said why you say that it's got a v6 he said it's going uphill everywhere it goes yeah <laughs> bless its heart it put joy in my heart i put a little heart thing right there like love <laughs> <laughs> even going downhill you're still going uphill the thing i mean that thing's just fighting everywhere it goes it's sad that's what nopi's turned into it has it really has i mean there's some good looking trucks with the squat thing going no there's not no there is i mean like the nice wheels like the parts are nice well yeah when you and throw, the bills but they're but they're not it's just a fad it's when, crazy when you throw a, a ten thousand dollar american forces on a, on a truck yeah it's gonna make it look good 
Yeah, and, and half a half a lift kit. And <laughs> the, the most important part of building an aesthetically pleasing vehicle is the stance. So if, if it looks like you ran out of money when you're lifting <laughs> or, your truck, or maybe look at it like this. Maybe it's like you know, I like a little rake in my vehicles. It's like a reverse rake. Yeah, it's the wrong way. Yeah, it's like John Force is racing in reverse. That's what it looks like. It's like it's, it's got reverse. the slicks on the front. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, it looked like they just like they broke the rear drive shaft, so they're relying strictly on the front wheel drive part of their four wheel drive I don't selection. Know. It's just it's crazy. That's what it looks like. So let's move on to a way better topic. Another car myth, and this one I think I'm gonna light up your ears on. Uh, there's no displacement or no replacement for displacement. Bigger is better. I think that is a myth. That is totally a myth. And and, and keeping where I come from, and my dad's going to roll his eyes because my dad is the big block man. He loves big block Chevrolet. And there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, there's no, there's nothing wrong with it. That's America. But keep in mind, this man still wears dingo boots. So I'm there's just, he's kind of stuck. With that. He's still stuck in the past a little bit. There. And the thing that you got to think about now is like we're talking about the EcoBoost Mustangs. Mm-hmm. They're making superpower. My favorite one, though, when you're talking about no replacement for displacement. Is those guys that run their mouth with that big block, and I've got you know a little small block that I can turn out of the frame rails, making mondo horsepower and torque that you can't do. Well, with a big I block. mean, a prime example is just last week we were talking about you know getting in trouble with law and whatnot, and talking about my Bel Air with the two eighty three whooping up on a three ninety big block car. Yeah, that happens every day. Picking on Fords is so bad, man. I know that's horrible. I thought you were better than that. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just not. But but I mean I mean you know that that's a prime example right there, taking a 283 and just. But I mean and and that's the thing. I'm saying like the 327 in Chevelle. Old one with a big block. Pull your big block out and see what you got. You yeah. Won't you won't you give it a shot? Yeah. Try it. I dare you. Oh yeah. Uh, it's like I told the dude with the 440. I got a G that says you can't pass it. So I think it's safe to say that we all agree that there is uh, there is replacement for displacement. Yeah, there is. There is. And I think Tom's in it. What do you think? I mean, Richard? Boost. Boost. You know, that's, that's we, the replacement. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Gr- grab a bigger turbo off the shelf. I mean, you put both the motors together in his car, it makes a V8. And not even a big a one. A twin turbo V8. A twin turbo. <laughs> you really want to get down on it. That's a beast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love it, guys. I tell you what, we got more car miss coming up. Stay tuned. You're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WORD. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 